This is the Military Bottom Line Podcast, episode 52. And then now that I'm, you know, have been in the Marine Corps a little bit longer and everything like that, I'm thinking to myself, yo, that's one of the best kept secrets of the Marine Corps. That, <laughs> that, that specific billet at that job, uh-huh. it's like more Marines need to know about it, man. Welcome to the Military Bottom Line Podcast where we learn from veterans and those currently serving how to make the most out of a military contract. We're here to motivate, inspire, and help you leverage your service to positively impact you professionally, personally, and financially during your military career and beyond. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Uh, this week, I have my friend Larry Haywood. Larry and I work together as aviation operations specialist out of the Marine Corps Air Station out of Camp Pendleton. Uh, really enjoyed my time with him. Awesome dude, former motor team Marine. Uh, but he tells his story about how he kind of like wound up in the Marine Corps, never even thinking about that as an option. Uh, and now he's 12 years in, loving his time and really looking forward to the next stages of his career and excited for everything it's done for him. So I think you guys will enjoy this episode. Before we get to hearing his story, I just want to ask you guys, encourage you guys, to go subscribe to the YouTube channel, whether you're currently thinking about joining or you're in the military or you're out of the military, uh, there's more benefits and more resources for you there uh, to learn about VA benefits, opportunities, lessons that I've learned, lessons that other people have learned that are not actually available and present on this podcast platform. Everything from the podcast to one-on-one videos uh, are available on YouTube at Military Bottom Line. So I would definitely suggest giving that a, a look up and subscribing. But hope you guys enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Larry. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, thanks for coming on. It's been a couple of years since uh, since we've worked together, but uh, we stay in touch a little bit here and there. And I'm excited to see that you're now 12 years into the Marine Corps, your career, and still, still enjoying it, still doing it. And uh, I'm looking forward to catching up a little bit to hear the full story oh yeah man it has been some years it has been some years but every time we catch up though it's always fun it's always always fun fun. always fun man (laughs) tell me uh tell us all about where you're from and how you found yourself in the marine corps in the first place okay so uh i'm from san jose california um i was born and raised in well i was born in fresno um grew up in san jose that's where i spent the majority of my uh my youth all over the bay area um so it was how I found myself coming to the Marine Corps was an interesting story, actually, because um, I had no idea about the military, none whatsoever. The, the only information I had about the military was uh, movies and stuff like that that I had watched. Right. I think at the time, my favorite military style movie besides um, besides Major Payne was G.I. Jane, believe it or not. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I like Major Payne and then I like G.I. Jane. It was like. You know, um, and I remember the day that I met my recruiter, I was I was taking college classes at the at uh, San Jose City because I, I went to Lincoln High School mm-hmm. and um, my recruiter, the guy who recruited me, he was talking to another individual. He was talking to another guy and that kid was trying to get away from the recruiter. So he was like, yo, man, uh, I'm not really that interested. I got to go. But maybe this man's right here. Maybe my homeboy <laughs> right here. He'll, you know, he seems like he might be interested. Right. And I, and like, now that I think back, I had no idea who that kid was. Like I'd never seen him before. <laughs> Too funny. He was so, just trying to get, get out of the situation. <laughs> yeah. He was just trying to get out of the situation, talking to him. So I was like, huh? What? And he was like, Hey man, like, you know, I'm freaking Sergeant, you know, so-and-so, um, at, you know, I'll just tell you his name Sergeant Relaford at the time. Right. So mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, I'm Sergeant Relaford. Like, I, I'm like, I know you're in passing. I don't even know if you're interested or anything like that, but you know, here's my card. You know what I'm saying? If you ever think about, you know, military, give me a call. Right. And I'm like, man, I'm late for class. Sure. Took the card, put it in my pocket, never thought about it again. Right. Huh. About, Two weeks later, two to three weeks later, I'm at my high school, right? It's lunchtime. I'm chilling, hanging out and everything like that. And I see that same recruiter at my high school. Hmm. And he looks at me and I look at him. I'm like, what's up, man? And he was like, aren't you a college student? 
And I was like, nah, I'm a high school student. And he was like, but I saw you at City. And I was like, yeah, I take classes there, but I'm a senior. And he was like, well, then, since this is my <laughs> second time seeing you, why don't we sit down and talk? And I'm like, man, I got I got football practice after school. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, how about this, man? If you give me some time, I'll buy you something to eat. We'll sit down. We'll have a conversation. It'd be great. I was like, all right. Back then, like, I didn't have much going up back then. Like, so if anybody was willing to feed me, I was there. Yeah. Food yeah, free was meal. my, like, <laughs> Achilles heel. Like, hey, Larry, I need you to do something like this. If you do it, I'll feed you. Say less what you need me to do. Like, <laughs> right I didn't know what it was. If you was paying me or you was giving me food, say less. I'm there. Right. Um, so we sat down, we talked and everything like that. And I told him, you know, what I wanted out of life and everything like that. Cause growing up was not, um, I mean, I guess it was uh, a typical inner city black youth kid. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. moms had adversity. I had a lot of adversity, you know what I mean? Like, but I also had like a little brother to take care of, you know, and bouncing around from place to place. So mm. I told him, I just, I wanted something stable. I wanted to be able to prove everybody wrong because they were like, Oh, he's probably going to end up in jail by the time he turns 18. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, Ugh. and I'm not going to lie. There were some times there where I, I almost proved him right. Mm -hmm. But you know what I mean? Like I told him, like, I was like, look, man, I don't want to be another stereotype. I don't want to be another dude just out here on the streets, you know, hustling to try to like to make money. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get a job here and there. You know what I'm saying? But can't keep a job because I can't seem to make it there on time. I was like, I want more for myself. I want to break the cycle. Yeah. So he talked to me, told me what the Marine Corps could offer, showed me like a little bit about his life. You know what I'm saying? At that time, he he had been to Iraq and stuff like that. Right. Um, and he was telling me and everything like that. And I was like, cool. Seems cool. Right. And uh, I made the decision to do it. And to be honest with you, I, I don't look back. I think it only took only him one conversation. No. So we had been taught. So me and him talked for like maybe. Maybe I think we sat down like maybe twice, Okay, twice, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like I sat down with him on one day and then like I sat down with him like the next day. It was like, I sat down with him one day and then like, I, you know, got really busy with sports or yeah. whatever. And then I saw him again and we sat down again, you know what I'm saying? But it wasn't like months apart. It was just like, Hey man, like, I know you're interested. Let's do this. Right. And I was like, okay, once I saw the value in it. And I got out of my own head and was like, cause before, before I sat down and talked to him, I never had, I didn't know anything about the military. It wasn't on my peer view. I was just thinking graduate high school so I can get a college degree and I can figure out some kind of career to work in. So that way I don't have to live how I'm living right now. You know what I'm saying? Hand to mouth. So it's yeah. like, yeah. that was my plan. And he showed me that there was a way for me to live better without having to struggle like that and still get a college degree. And for me, having that college degree meant something because nobody on my, like nobody in my family that I knew of at that time had a college degree. Like later on, like, you know what I'm saying? Some of my family members, they went back to school, they got their degrees. But at the time, yeah. it wasn't a thing. Most, yeah. some of my family, most of my family members didn't even graduate high school. Hell, my mom didn't graduate high school. You know what I mean? Mm. So it was just like, mm. okay. Um, so, so what, what kind of, I mean, what did you have as an expectation going in? Like, did, did you want a specific job or, or are you just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do this. Just get, just send me in coach. Like, I mean, how did that play out? So I've always been a kind of like point and shoot kind of dude. So it's always been like, it's always been like, yo, send Larry in that direction and just watch him go. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. um, and that's just pretty much how I've always lived my life. Like, yo, you want me to do something? Tell me what you need me to do and I'll freaking do it. Yeah. Um, when it came to the Marine Corps and I finally started to wrap my head that I was going to be a Marine, that I was going to like go to recruit training. Yeah. I was like, if I'm going to do this. I'm going to go full retard, you know, like Tropic Thunder. You never go full retard, man. You never go full retard. I was like, I'm going full retard if I'm going to do this. Right. Like I walked into my, I walked into my recruiting office and he was like, all right, man, it's time for us to discuss jobs. Like these are your scores. What do you want to do? And I know shit looked my recruiter in the eye. Excuse me. I know Joe looked my recruiter in the eye and was all like, I want to be a weapons specialist. 
(laughs) Did you know anything about that? Or you just said like, that sounds cool. That, that was just what I wanted to do. Okay. Verbatim. I was like, I want to be a weapon specialist. I want to be the guy that every Marine goes to who has questions about weapons. I want to be the guy who shoots everything. And he was like, what? I was like, I want to be that guy who like, when he gets out, he's got, he specializes in like demolition and weapons and like combat and like firearms. Like I want to be that guy. And he was like, no. (laughs) Shut down. Yeah. Like completely like he looked me dead in my eyes and was like, nah, I was like, what? And he was like, nah, mm -mm, don't do it. Next. And I was like, uh, yeah, like he shut me down. (laughs) So then did he have a job in mind for you? Like he asked to be polite, but ultimately said, this is what, this is the job I'm going to give you. So he asked me what kind of person I consider myself. He asked me because I scored really, I like my line scores were really decent. Right. So he was like, what kind of person do you see yourself doing for work? And I was like, well, I don't want to be stuck in an office. I was like, can I do office work? Yes. Can I sit behind a computer and grind it out? I absolutely can. It does not bother me. I was like, but do I prefer to be outside? Do I prefer to see things? Do I prefer to talk to people? Yes. And he was like, motor t and i was all like explain and he was like well <laughs> he told me about motor t because he himself had came in the marine corps as motor t mm. he's like it's one of the few jobs that you can do where the possibilities of you being able to travel and go places are endless because every unit has a motor t section everybody mm. needs to be driven somewhere and he was all like, you'll be able to see training that you probably never would see if you were stuck in an office. He's like, you'll be able to meet people that you'll probably never be able to meet unless you were out there giving them the rides and transporting stuff to them. And I was like, I was like, well, will you teach me how to work on cars too? Like, will that better my mechanic skills? Because by this time I was already a certified auto body collision repair specialist. Right. Huh. I had went to uh, an, a, a, how you call it a career designation school on top of high school and on top of like gotcha. community college yeah. to get a certification in a career path when I got out of high school. Cause I was like, cool cars. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to do cars. And, uh, he was like, yeah, like you can get, you'll learn more into mechanics. You'll be around vehicles on a daily basis. You'll be able to drive them. You'll be able to teach people how to drive. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And that's what I did. So Motor T is trucks, vehicles, and everything to do with them. Like, were you specifically a mechanic or are you just, were you a driver? I mean, what specifically did you end up doing with, within Motor T? So me specifically, right. I had the opportunity to be stationed at a, at a smaller uh, motor pool mm-hmm. um, because there are big motor pools, as you know, in the Marine Corps, right. Where the bigger the motor pool is, the more segregated each shop is. I was, I went into the motor, I went into motor T as an operator. So my primary job was to transport and drive the motor vehicles. Um, but because I was at a smaller motor pool, I also was tasked with helping the ones that were mechanics work on the vehicles. So I helped out with, you know, engine pools. I helped out with like tranny swaps, tranny fixes, like, like anything about the diesel engine that we put in our Humvees um, at the time or Matt V's M wraps, you know what I'm saying? Um, seven tons, anything that I could do to help out and get my hands dirty. I did um, on top of teach people how to drive those vehicles and issue out licenses and stuff like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so then you went in as more T, which is, I, I forgot that detail because we actually um, met within a different MOS. So yeah. talk a little bit about your time as a motor T Marine, you know, where they send you, did you deploy with them? And then ultimately why you decided to change out of motor T. Okay. So uh, as motor T, I deployed, um, I did, I was stationed at Camp Porno in Camp Pendleton, California. Um, it was my duty, first duty station. Um, I met some great people there and everything like that. So our first deployment that I went on, we were on the Mew, right? So we went on the, on the 13th Mew, uh, saw some great things. Talk, went talk traveling. Briefly cover, uh, I know it's, we've covered it once before, but what, what mm-hmm. is a Mew and like, what does that deployment look like? 
Okay, so a 13 mu, the mu stands for Marine Expeditionary Unit, okay? Um, and they're, they're numbered depending on what, uh, what coastal portion you're on, whether you're East Coast, West Coast, or stationed in Okinawa, Japan. Each location has a certain number attached to it of mu's or Marine Expeditionary Units. So on the West Coast, we have the 31st mu and we have like the 13th mu. Um, and what they generally do is they uh, they patrol when they go out. They patrol CENTCOM and uh, Asian Pacific area. East Coast does Met Muse. That's what they call a Mediterranean Muse, where they do a lot of European tours and and uh, Germany and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just different portions of the waters um, is depending on what side of the the, the U.S. you're on. Gotcha. Um, so I was on the 13th mule. I was on a, um, I was on the USS Green Bay. I don't know if that's okay to, to say, but I mean, I guess it is cause I'm, I'm, it's already gone. So, um, <laughs> I was on the USS Green Bay. It was a new ship. So it was always breaking down because nothing brand new works perfectly fine when it first comes off the lot. Right. Of course. Um, and after that I came back, right. And I was, I was like, yo, the Mew was great. I enjoyed being able to travel. It was like within my first two years being in the Marine Corps. And I was like, yo, that travel and adventure tag that I, mm-hmm. that I loved so much when I was a kid, I, it's coming true. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, but then I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to seem like I'm contributing because around this time it was Afghanistan. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I graduated high school in 2009. So it was like, you know, like few, like by this time we were 10 years into the war, you know what I'm saying? Starting off in Iraq and now moving to Afghanistan. And I was like, yo, I want to be a part of that. I want to contribute. And any opportunity where they were asking, Hey, anybody want to volunteer? They're looking for somebody to go early. They're looking for somebody to do billets. I was always the first person to raise my hand. Like, yo, let me go, let me go, let me go. Mm-hmm. Um, but what ended up happening was the whole unit ended up going. The whole unit ended up uh, being able to go. So I was like, sweet. Um, and that was my time to go out there and, uh, and contribute. Um, so, so, so this is what, like year three in the Marine Corps? Or how, how far into the Marine Corps are you at this point? Yeah, I'm about like year three in my first contract okay. around this. Yeah, about my third year. Because um, like I came back from the Mew. Six months was here, like just relaxing and everything like that, and then then started my work up for for the for Afghanistan. Um, so we're out there, you know, we're doing what we needed to do and everything like that. And then on our back end, what made me, you know, essentially change jobs and go to the job that you know I met you in was um, there was complications with my reenlistment. So, um, you know, just like with any job, with any career, there are certain people sometimes that are in place that don't hold up their end of their job. You know what I'm saying? They don't do what they're supposed to do. Um, in the Marine Corps, you know, we have career planners and everything like that. Those infamous career planners, you know, (laughs) or career jammers, as we like to call them and stuff like that. Basically Um, recruiters for people who are already in the Marine Corps. I mean, is that a fair way to... Yeah. Okay. Pretty much what they are. They're recruiters for people that are already in the military, already in the Marine Corps, to try to get them to stay in the Marine Corps instead of getting out. Yeah. Um, So I was all about it because I was like, you know what? I'm trying to do another four years because I haven't finished what I wanted to do. Um, I haven't finished what's on my checklist of things to accomplish. So I'm like, I'm staying in. Submitted my reenlistment package when we were in Afghanistan. Um, as well as a package to do MSG for the second time, because I was the first time I, the first time I submitted, I got denied for it. Second time I submitted, I was in Afghanistan, um, with, and I submitted it with my reenlistment and, um, got denied for MSG while we were in Afghanistan. And then the CO was taking his time signing my package. Then the career planner went back early from Afghanistan when the whole unit caught back, uh, he had lost my reenlistment package. So I had to redo it all in like a few days. And by the time we got back, there was six spots left open, but 10 people trying to compete for those spots. For your money slots. Yeah, for slots just to stay in. And I was like, man. And then I remember thinking on the day that they said all the board was going to be closed and everything was going to be final, two maybe a day before that, 
the regimental. So we have company battalion regimental, right? Our regimental career planner calls me up on my cell phone, my personal cell phone. It was like, Hey man, uh, you know, this is Gunny so-and-so I'm trying to see what your plans are. Like, are you trying to get out of the Marine Corps or are you staying in? And I was like, I'm staying in and I submitted my reenlistment. And he was like, let me check. Goes on his computer, does what he needs to do. Right. And he's like, nah, man, we don't have a reenlistment submitted for you. And I was like, no, my recruit, my career planner definitely submitted it. And he was all like, dude, I'm looking at it. There's nothing for you. And I was like, so he was like, look, man, I know you got a few months left to your EAS. Cause by this time I had four months left in the Marine Corps. Right. Yeah. Um, he was like, I know you got a few months left in the Marine Corps. You might want to reach out to your career planner and see what he can do for you. He's like, but at this point you can't stay in your MOS. So he'll tell you what you can do, what your options are. Right. So I'm like, Unreal. So you you were forced to change MOSs. I was because you want to stay in. Dude, yes, that that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it was not the best. It was not the best experience. Um, but I mean, like I said, he was like everybody. Like everywhere you go, there's somebody who drops the ball and doesn't do what yeah. they're supposed to do. So I mean, the Marine Corps is no different. Sometimes there's just people in there that just shouldn't be in that position. And, you know, the only way to make it better is to freaking change it. You know, did that experience like leave any sour taste and make you want to get out during that time where you're like, screw this, like this guy, this guy sucks. This guy screwed me. I'm just getting that going to get out. Did you have that thought? Oh, for a brief moment. Not, not that I had a sour taste in my mouth. Mm -hmm. I was just, I, I felt like I had to come to a realization that my Marine Corps career, my military career could have ended as soon as it started. Cause like in my mind, like I was like, yo, I'm just starting to do fun things. I'm just starting to get out there and do things. And it's all coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, wow. So I started thinking to myself, I was like, I remember I took leave and came home. And I, the whole time I was home, I kept thinking to myself, like, what would I do right now? Mm-hmm. I got yeah. out yesterday. And I was like, oh man. I <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, and then I just got to a point where I was like, nah, dude, I want to be a Marine. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's, that, that's what I enjoy doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And cause there were friends that were like, dude, don't go back. Just stay, just stay home. Don't really stay home. And I'm like, bro, are you going to pay my bills? Uh-huh. I got a whole car note. Like, are you going to pay <laughs> that car payment? Are you going to pay my phone bill or I got to go back to Metro where I got to pay like 40, 50 bucks a month? Like, and yeah. then kind of figure out where I'm going to find that 40, 50 bucks a month. Yeah. I'm like, nah, nah, man, nah, I'm good, fam. So, so that's what, cool. what, like, did, what did you end up choosing uh, for a job? Did you have a wide variety of options or was it like something? I did. I did. So I qualified for intelligence, I qualified for legal. And I qualified for aviation ops. Well, I qualified for a bunch of them. I did. I qualified for a lot of other jobs, but those were the three that interest me. Um, Me being a young man and being an unlike, you know, uneducated Marine just yet, like about all the different jobs. I thought Intel because I was like, oh, I can do some secret spy type stuff. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Secret world type things. Yeah. Um, So I was like, that might be cool. And then I was... I thought um, legal because I was all, I remember the movie, uh, um, uh, a few good men. Mm. And I was all like, I want to be that dude yelling at somebody like, where were you? So funny how all these like military jobs, we just think back to a movie that's like, Oh, that, that looks like it would have been fun. Let's go for that. When like, dude, it's just such a poor representation of what that job is actually actually like it really is it oh, really gosh. is because so legal licensing is like a lot of paperwork it's more it's more towards uh being a paralegal than actually being a lawyer yeah. um yeah at the time i didn't know that you had to be only only officers to be lawyers mm. so i was like man well i mean <laughs> i was like well luckily that didn't work so and then the last one was you know our mos but what got me about aviation operations is that i thought aviation operation specialist meant that I was going to be a crew chief, that I was going to fly planes and be in control of the day-to-day operations of a plane. 
That's what I thought it meant. That's what I thought it was going to entail. It's so funny uh, that even after you've been in for one contract, you could still be so naive <laughs> when selecting right? a job. You know, like sometimes you stay in the dark, and uh, and that's okay. But yeah. how's, the, how's the job been to this point? Because now you've been doing it for eight years. Um, it's been great. I'm not gonna lie. It has. It's been. It's been. It's been good. Um, hell, when I met you, we were at Camp Pendleton at the air station. You know what I'm saying? And I remember thinking to myself, like. All right, I've been at Pendleton for four years now. You know what I'm saying? It's time for me to go see something different. It's time for me to go do something different. Yeah. And I remember being upset because the air station is non-deployable. It doesn't, it doesn't go nowhere, right? Yeah. And then now that I'm, you know, have been in the Marine Corps a little bit longer and everything like that, I'm thinking to myself, yo, that's one of the best kept secrets of the Marine Corps. That, <laughs> that, that specific billet and that job, uh-huh. it's like. More Marines need to know about it, man, because like you have so much time to do other things that you don't necessarily always have the time to do in other units. You know, I think it's a, I think it's really good for a, like a second term Marine but mm-hmm. when you join to do all the exciting stuff and then you don't get to do those exciting things. It, it makes the first term a little bit disappointing. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, it's one of those things that it's like those billets should be reserved for second term <laughs> Marines. But yeah, I did. I did. I do agree with you on that. Cause I remember when I first got there, you guys were telling me like all of you guys that were there, you guys were, it was your first duty station. Uh-huh. And I had thought you guys had been somewhere else and you guys yeah. were like, no, nope, been here for four years. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you make the most of it, you know? You know? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> talk about, about those contrasts. So you went from ground side motor T to, you know, air wing aviation operations. Like what is like, what's the cultural difference? What's like the day-to-day difference? Did you, uh, did you, did you feel like it was still, you know, the same Marine Corps? I, I so <laughs> coming from ground side, you can be right? honest, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like coming from ground side, it's like a, it's like a, like, like a club, a club full of jocks. That's what it is. When you're, when you're ground side and you're in some of these units, right. And this was before they started implementing women into like the Linus program or yeah. women could be integrated into um, Victor units. That's what you call like all male grunt units. Right. Cause that's what I was at, at first. Right. Mm-hmm. So coming from all male units where the only women you saw were like the ones that worked at the PX or the chow hall or the ones that were like dating one of the Marines or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so working next to them mm-hmm. was like, I don't know what I can <laughs> and cannot say. Like uh, I'm going to just be quiet because I don't want to say something that offends anybody. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, roundside Marines had this whole outlook of aviation being like, you know, always having time off and, you know, doing nothing but working out and being lazy and uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? And there's girls everywhere, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's like this la la land to ground side, like, Oh, they, they get everything. It's great. Yeah. And then I came to the wing and I was just like, yo, they work a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like we work a lot. Um, do we have a big, uh, a big presence of, of female Marines compared to the rest of the Marine Corps? We do. Aviation does have a big, presence of female Marines. But I mean, it only makes you better because the more exposure that you get, you know, in a controlled environment, like, you know, in the Marine Corps, the better it'll make you interact with people when you're looking for jobs or when you're like working out in the civilian world, at least Mm. for me, that's how I felt. Because like when I was working in, you know, Target or something like that, I didn't talk to any of the women that I worked with. Like I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't want to interact with them. You know what I'm saying? But then now that I'm a Marine and everything like that, I've worked so many years with alongside female Marines. Um, I'm like, oh, let's do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's chill. Like, no worries. It would be, it would be incredibly weird to like, um, to, to be in the Marine Corps four years, eight years, however many years, n- like basically never interact with a woman in a, yeah. in like on the job. And then all of a sudden you get out and like, there's no avoiding it. I, don't, I mean, I can't think of a job that you're realistically going to go work after the yeah. record that does not involve working with women. So yeah, that, that's uh that would be, that would be pretty wild. <laughs> and, and that was the big culture shock was just like, they led me to believe that I wasn't going to have the same PT regiment. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie. They were right. Like 
wing doesn't PT like groundside does, but it's because we work different hours and different schedules that, that mandates that we PT on our own, you know what I'm saying? And that's when that kind of big boy, big girl aspect comes into it because groundside is like, Hey, zero six, everybody's PTing. you know what I'm saying? Like even the head people are out there running next to you and stuff like that, waving at you as they're running and doing their PT at the wing zero six people are opening up the office because birds got to start flying. You know what I'm saying? Like pilots got to start warming up like mechanics are, you know, wrenching on things and everything like that. We're, we got to start because the day of flying starts as soon as the sun breaks that plane. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah. Do you, do you feel like one career, like one, one of those jobs was easier than the other or like, I mean, or more enjoyable, like, you know, like if, uh, if you were to, if you were to tell Marine, like you have these two options, which one would you encourage them to do? I'm not gonna lie. It's a kind of a hard question because okay. I love both. I'm not gonna lie. Like right. there are still to this day, still to this day, there are days where I miss being motor T miss being on the ground side yeah. just because of how they operate, how they do things. You know what I'm saying? It's less red tape, less paperwork. Mm. And to be honest with you, less offices around, which I, I, you know, yeah. I enjoy at times. Um, but the benefits of being air wing is like on days where there's nothing to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have the luxury of just sending my Marines home. Like, and I've done it on, on numerous occasions where it was like a Friday and I had sent them home at like noon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We showed up to work at like eight and then they were out of work by noon on a Friday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it was just like, days. <laughs> right? Those are the good days where yeah. you're just like, yeah. But then I'm thinking to myself too, like ground side, I probably wouldn't have been out for work. Yeah, that early. You know they would saying? just hold you for no reason. Like I don't know. Yes. I think there's maybe a little bit more yes. like common sense uh, when you're working the the airside job because yeah, because uh, there are so many officers and maybe the officers just want to go home. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, so I tell them that there's positives and negatives about everything. I was like, the positives for me is you know working on the air wing, you do have set schedules you know what i'm saying you have set work schedules so you can you can plan what you're going to do you know what i'm saying you can plan how you're going to do things you know what i'm saying um but then ground side it's more like gritty like football team mentality where everybody's competing everybody's like you know trying to push each other to be better than the next person but you know what i'm saying it's like a steel sharpened steel kind of mentality you know but then it's like they don't really care about how the job gets done just as long as it gets done you know versus the air wing where it's like no certain things need to happen mm-hmm. in order for certain things to go yeah. the ground is like nah man let me just make a call if he got it, he would give it to me. Don't worry about the paperwork. You know what I'm saying? So I tell him it's, it's, it's a give and take. It's a give and take. So, so you've done, I'm trying to remember, you did a deployment both as motor T and as aviation operations or no? I have. You I have. have. Okay. Yeah. Um, motor T was the muse and the um, aviation, uh, the muse and the Afghanistan. Um, the aviation operations was the actual, uh, what we call UDP. That's what I did. I went on a, I went on a UDP, um, which right. half went on the mu again. And then the other half stayed and did like debts. Yeah. Remind me what a UDP is. A unit deployment program. Gotcha. So that you basically went to Japan for a little bit for that one, right? Yep. Yeah. Went back to Japan for a little bit for that one. Cool. What have what have been like, what's an opportunity within the Marine Corps that you didn't know existed until you kind of like found yourself in the Marine Corps and realized like, okay, this is how this works. You know, like, like you, you didn't, nobody told you about it beforehand. It wasn't part of the recruiting sales pitch. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you found it and were able to take advantage of it along the way. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I didn't, um, I didn't prep you for it. <laughs> No, it's fine. It's fine. I think it's, um, I want to say like something that I found out that was interesting was like, for me personally, all the little like bullets that you can do that mm. translate to different things out in, out in town, you know what I'm saying? Like all the different certifications that the Marine Corps mm. is actually willing to pay for. Yeah. You know? Um, cause we don't tell like, 
at least when I came through, all they say is like, oh, you can pay for education. You know what I'm saying? But in a mindset as a kid, you're just thinking college, right? You're like, oh, okay. So they'll pay for my college. But, but then, you know, somebody like myself, yourself, you know what I'm saying? Where we're like, "Mm, well, what if I want to, you know, what if I don't want to do college? What if I want to do is get my real estate license, you know what I'm saying? Or if I want to get like, become like a bus driver or something like that, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you can do that. It classifies as education and the Marine Corps will pay for it. Right. Um, I think the biggest thing that I did not know that was afforded to me was how easy, and I say easy, but how easy it is to essentially become a real estate investor. Mm. Um, And that's because like, for me, one of my big reasons for joining the Marine Corps was to own my own home because I was homeless a lot growing up. Right. Mm. So like having my own property that I could call my own was a big, big priority to me. Right. And remember just after I had lat moved to aviation, I was getting a ride to the air wing one day because I didn't know exactly where it was. So there was a a sergeant um, who was giving me a ride and he was asking me, he was like, yo man, like, so you're going to reenlist bro. Like what are your goals? Like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, granted, I know our unit has been busy lately, but what are you going to do if you have more time when you get to the wing? Right. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, to be honest with you, I figured I'd finish school and like, I guess, wait until I'm, I'm, I'm able to, you know, afford a home. And he was like, what do you mean wait until you're able to afford a home? Cause I didn't know anything about, mm. you know, the VA home loans, you know what I'm saying? The small yeah. business loans. I didn't know anything about those. I didn't know they were offered. Mm. So when the recruiter told me that I can buy my own house through the Marine Corps, I just, I thought he meant like the Marine Corps is going to pay me enough money to be able to afford, you know, that down payment and to be able to afford my monthly rent. Like mm. I didn't know that they had whole programs for us yeah. to help us get into real estate. So I think that is like one of those ones that like, like clicked in my head, like, Oh, snaps. Like <laughs> I can do some things with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you end up buying any properties out there while you were there? I do. I own a house down in San Diego. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Still as, as, even though now you live Northern California a little bit and you're renting yeah. it out. Yeah. I just rent it out right now. Um, and I'm looking to purchase another one up here, um, soon. Um, well not soon, soon, but soon I got to figure out where I'm going to be. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to stay in this area yeah. for the, for the whole three years, or if it's going to be, uh, if I'm going to move and then finish yeah. out there. But I, I have been looking and stuff like that. Cause I, you know, I want to be in like, I want to have some real estate, you know what I'm saying? hundred percent, dude. hundred yeah. percent. That's awesome, man. And I think that goes to show the importance of having like good conversations with people as often as possible. You know, like, I don't know what your relationship with that Sergeant was prior to that ride, but mm-hmm. you know, like always talking about people gauging on like, what, what are they working on? in their job, outside of their job? How can I learn from this person? Uh, especially somebody that's maybe been in longer than you, older than you, um, seasoned in something, you know, different than what you focus on. And so like, it sounds like that guy gave you a pretty good gold nugget that day that you've been able to kind of run with. And now it's opened oh, up a did. whole new, a whole new opportunity in life. You know, he did. He made me feel like he made me feel like I was wasting time mm. for no reason. Cause he was all like, what are you, what are you waiting for? Just go buy a house. And I was yeah. like, what do you mean? And he yeah. was like, bro, I own my first house as a corporal. He was like, I was the same rank you are now yeah. when I yeah. bought my first house. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, dude, I bought it, did a little renovations, turned around and flipped it and then went to go buy another one. I was like, dang, nice. Nice. It's yeah. that easy. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, it's funny. I find I've, found a lot like the VA loan itself is lends itself like every veteran should become a basic real estate investor. You know, um, ju- the fact that you can use the VA loan from anything from one to four units for your first property. It's like, yeah. there's, there's no reason why, you know, every veteran is not a landlord. Like it should just be the standard. But, it uh, should be standard. <laughs> it should know. be standard. But I mean, it's and but it's mainly it's because you know we don't talk about it enough. Mm. The, and it's because like like unfortunately the newer generation that comes in they don't 
like they want to do real estate. So I feel like it's going to be more popular and it's going to get talked about more. Interesting. But like when we were growing up, you know what I'm saying? When we were coming up in the Marine Corps, yeah. it wasn't really, you know, talked about as much. And it all really depended on like, you know, your circumstance or who you were interacting with, I think. You've, you, you're finding that a lot of younger Marines right now are talking about it? Yeah, like I'm finding out like a lot of Marines nowadays or like younger Marines now are talking about real estate, talking about, you know, purchasing homes and like renting them out or purchasing homes, doing renos and then, you know, flipping it and everything like that. And I think it's because like, I'm not gonna lie, like, so TV now, you know, HGTV and everything like that. It was, it's been real, it was real popular over the last couple of years. You know what I'm saying? You had Property Brothers, you know, you had like all these different shows that were showing people, you know, the glamorous life of purchasing property, renovating them and selling them for profits. Now it's not all that easy as they (laughs) make it seem on TV. Don't get me wrong. It's not all that easy, but um, being a service member, it is definitely easier to get started mm. than it would be for the average American. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's interesting. I, I mean, I was thinking like, I wonder if younger Marines are like coming in and talking about this, if it's, you know, if it's anyway connected to social media connected to, you know, like, you know, I don't want to say like the young generations don't want to work, but it's, it's more, and we have access to the internet and, seeing how other people are investing and living their lives and realizing like, okay, there's this thing called investing and passive income. And like, I can make money without going to work. So I, I just, I, I didn't know if there was a connection between social media and what people are spending their time watching, listening to, um, and how that's kind of affecting like what young Marines are actually talking about. Cause it's definitely not something that was ever spoken about in my shop when I was a Lance corporal, you know, like I wish it was, I wish it was. And so, I'm I'm pumped that those guys are talking about it now. Oh yeah, I did too when I was first coming up in my first off my first shop. I do I do wish that they talked about it more. Yeah. Um, but that's why I do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like whatever I didn't know when I was younger, and I like I learned later on. I try to make sure that my young Marines know it now, yeah. so that way later on it's like, no man, if you don't do anything about it, it's not because you didn't know. It's not because you have the information. Yeah. It's because you chose not to do it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's always important to plant the seed and then kind of like check back on that seed a little while later and see if they ever did anything with it. Um, And hopefully that's kind of like what this, you know, this platform serves purpose from, you know, you sharing your experience, sharing what you've learned and wishing, you know, things that you wish you knew as a Lance Corporal or a PFC. So um, that's awesome, man. Um, to, to start kind of wrapping it up, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, what, with that being said, like, mm-hmm. what would you recommend, uh, to a young guy or girl that's enlisting in the Marine Corps today? Like how, how can they ensure success both in the military and outside of the military as they move forward? Um, so for me, what I would say is some, some like pearls of wisdom, if I, if I could give it to, you know, say a young person trying to considering this mm-hmm. um granted you know like uh, my job right now is a recruiter but what i tell the kids now is like look don't close yourself off to the opportunities or you know what i'm saying to what could be um for your future um because you never know who you might meet or who might change your life for the better mm-hmm. that could take you from living that same mundane like daily grind type lifestyle to that life that you see on YouTube, that life that you see on TV. And then you never know where that one day you just wake up one morning and you're like, am I really living this life? You know what I'm saying? Like this really me right now? Like I, I made it, (laughs) you know? And it's like, if there's anything I can say, it's, it's, it's that right there is like, don't be afraid to take a chance, um, one on the service, you know what I'm saying? One on the military, on the Marine Corps. And two, like when you get in, take a chance on things that they offer, you know what I'm saying? Like take a chance on like opportunities to go places and see things, you know what I'm saying? To invest. Mm. Um, because there are so many financial classes that the military offers for people and the Marine Corps, like, I don't know what it is. Sometimes Marines, I think Marines just get offensive when you're like, oh man, go take a financial class. 
Mm. I don't need a financial class. I, I know how to handle finances. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Go take it. No, you do. Go. Yeah. If you're not a millionaire, you need a financial class. Go, go yeah. to the class, yeah. you know? Um, and I'm not going to lie. I was kind of that way a little bit where I sure. was like, I'm not going to learn from a financial class. It's mm-hmm. savings. It's simple, right? Put money in a savings and call it a day. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the case. There's so much more. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I would say. I would say just um, don't be afraid to learn every anything, anything new. Don't be afraid to try things. Um, get outside the comfort zone because it might be that situation, that t- that one time you t- decided to take a chance that leads you down a path of success. Mm. And the only thing that was stopping you from achieving it at an earlier point in your life was you. Yeah. hundred percent, dude. hundred percent. I like it. Um, where is the fav- your favorite place at the Marine Corps sent you and, and least favorite if you want to include that too. Um, the, my favorite, oh man. Okay. So my favorite place that I have been actually the Marine Corps didn't send me. Um, but if you're talking about places that the Marine Corps has sent me that, that I, I love the most, it's Okinawa, Japan yeah. and Hawaii. Hawaii is num- yeah. Hawaii is like close second, but that's only because I didn't spend more than like three weeks there in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was stationed in Hawaii, it'd probably be Hawaii number one, yeah. but it's Japan, Japan. Oh my God. They have my heart. Uh, the ramen alone, the ramen alone has my heart. Um, but, um, I mean, they've also sent me to places like Biloxi, Mississippi, you know what I'm saying? For yeah. training. It yeah, was like, and that was cool. Cause I got to go to like New Orleans during Mardi Gras and like hang out, you know? So, um, but no, hands down, my favorite place that they have sent me was Okinawa, Japan. Um, my favorite place that I have been while being in the Marine Corps. And it kind of like they sent me because my boss told me I had to go and take leave because I had like way too much leave saved up. And it was mm. during a time that they were putting restrictions on how much leave you can save. Yeah, They were like, yo man, you got to go somewhere. I don't care where you go, but you got to go somewhere. And I was like, mm, okay. Um, and I went to, I did a whole European tour, but my favorite place on that European tour was Barcelona, Spain. Mm, nice, man. I haven't yeah. been there yet, but I, I have heard only good things. Yeah, dude. I went to Spain and fell in love. I did. <laughs> the, the, the food was amazing. The people were so nice. Yeah. Um, the the weather actually wasn't too hot. It wasn't too windy. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't too humid. It was it was nice. Yeah. yeah. Sipping sangrias and enjoying myself. <laughs> that's that's the dream right there, man. I'll yeah. be you in eight years when you retire. You go back there and do it all over again. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about like I'm thinking about like if when I get off recruiting duty and I get orders to wherever my next duty station is, mm. I'm gonna just be like, you know what? I got like a few years left at the Marine Corps. Time to do some traveling while I'm still in. Yeah. So that way when I retire, I don't have to worry about it. Like I don't have to be like, you know what? Now it's time to try. Now nah, I'm going to do it all now. So that way when I, can, when I do retire, I can just eh, enjoy enjoy my life. Good for you, man. Use that space A, uh, that space A while you can. Definitely. Dude, Definitely. Funny. Hey, yeah. I almost forgot about that space A. <laughs> um, I, I want to give an opportunity for you to share a story. I, you know, this is a, a new thing I'm trying. So, um, <laughs> You know, like just a, a couple of minutes of a, a funny or, a, you know, intense story or whatever comes to mind uh, to kind of paint a picture of like a, of a moment in time of your experience in the Marine Corps. I'll give you one. So the I'll tell you a story about the time that I like that it, it truly solidified in my heart mm-hmm. that I, I was where I was supposed to be. And I knew I was in the right place. I knew I was supposed to be a Marine. I love it. Uh, so I was in recruit training. Right. I was in MCRD San Diego, California. Right. Um, where the real Marines are made. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting. It's like it's evening. It's evening BDR. Right. So it's senior drill instructor time. Right. So for those who don't know, it's a time of day in the evening where the drill instructors give you like an hour of just free time to relax, write letters home, you know, take a load off before you get ready to go to bed. Right. So, you know, we're writing letters and everything like that. Everybody's talking, having a good time and everything like that. And we're about to lay down. So we lay down and every night, every night, just like clockwork, our, uh, our knowledge hat, right? So he's like second in command mm-hmm. comes in and he like 
tells us a story. Um, and I remember this time it was like halfway through and I had just like maybe that Sunday before my, uh, the chaplain, uh, the, the naval chaplain, right? He did a service and talked about the homesick ninja and how he comes and visits you at night. You know what I'm saying? When you're missing home and everything like that, and he'll strike. Um, and my, my drill instructor was talking about other Marines in different situations. He was like, he was like, everybody close your eyes. He's like, I want you to think about everybody that came before you. Everybody that'll probably come after you. All right. I want you to think about where you are today and the decision you made to be here. And I remember having my eyes closed, laying on this bed, thinking about like all my friends back home, you know what I'm saying? Then seeing faces of like people that I don't even know, like just faces of what I thought they might look like Marines, you know what I'm saying? Like in the fight, you know what I'm saying? Currently like Mm -hmm. in Afghanistan while I'm laying in the, in the rack uh, at MCRD San Diego. And he was all like, just know tomorrow it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. All right. But you guys are halfway there. All right. I want you to take a moment and think about everybody else that's out there that doesn't get to lay down in a nice bed like you guys are laying in right now. That doesn't get to go home uh, to visit their family and friends right now because they're out protecting everything that you know and love. And I want you to think about how you want to leave your mark on the Marine Corps. I want you to think about how you want to contribute to the success of this organization. And I want you to think about your brothers that are laying in the rack to the left and to the right of you and above you. And I want you to think about what would you do to make sure he got home, to make sure she comes home, to make sure that your friends and your family are still safe at night. And at this time, I'm thinking to myself, my God, he's tugging on the heartstrings. <laughs> Everybody's eyes are still closed and I can hear people sniffling at this time. I can hear people tears like yeah. <laughs> Right. And, you know, we're all guys and everything like that. So, you know, don't nobody really want to cry in front of each other, but they're like, (laughs) man, I'm good. And I just remember thinking to myself, like at that moment, I knew I was where I was supposed to be. I knew that when he was describing that feeling to me, I a hundred percent could identify with that feeling. It was like, I would do whatever I needed to do, wherever I needed to be. I would go wherever I needed to go to make sure that these people that I call family now are safe. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that we're, we're, we're in this together. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the next day I woke up and had a fire in my heart that burned so bright. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just on it. I was, it changed me. It changed me. But that, that was, that was a memorable moment for me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You, I, you told the story uh, very well. Like, got you got me in the fields too man you took me back so i appreciate that that's good that's good awesome man well thanks so much for telling your story thanks for you know coming on and and sharing your your wisdom and insight and i appreciate it it's been a while so it's cool to catch up and i appreciate it too man it's been great catching up with you as well man thanks i look look forward to seeing what the uh the next eight years in the marine corps does for you and uh and how it goes yeah, I got aspirations of being a star major, so we'll see if I can get there. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Clock's yeah. ticking, man. Clock's ticking. I know. I know. <laughs> it's ticking. It's ticking. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks so much.